have returned from the icy grip of the crypt for another episode <laughs> of Scaring is Sharing. I think it's slimy and warm. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a heated crypt. <laughs> it is. Well, it's like, it's possessed, so. Okay, yeah. The flames of hell warm this crypt. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> but yes, hello, welcome. We're so glad to have you back or joining for the first time, whichever it may be. All are welcome here. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, we appreciate you all. We love you all. Uh, and consider this your Halloween hangover, because you'll be listening to this post-Halloween. So sad. Yeah, so sad. But you know what? That's why this podcast is here, to keep it up all year round. All year, all year. With your host, you are Jeremy, the Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe, the Flaming Scream Queen Plambeck. That's right. And ever since that one time that I stumbled on your name, I like, (laughs) I'm like, my diction must be perfect every time I say it. Well, that's fine. If you call me Blandy, I'll call you Jeremy. That's fine. People used to call me that all the time as a kid. So, is it because they couldn't pronounce your name, or because they were assholes? Combo, I bet. <laughs> Some were other kids who couldn't pronounce it, but sometimes it was like grown ass people would do it, and it's like you're not funny. You're not the first one to do that. Even as a child, I recognize, but you're just making fun of me. Yeah, I have a newish friend named Griffin, and I was um, we went kayaking together. He was on the kayaking trip I went on, and mm-hmm. that's where we got to like really know each other. Was while we were kayaking, he like taught me how to do some things that I didn't know how to do to like steer myself better. And like we just had been getting started with puffs, and so I was like, "Oh my god, does anyone ever call you Gryffindor?" And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I thought I was like Sierra original, but he's like, "Yeah, um, I get that all the time." Yeah, for me, from like high school forward, everybody was always like, "Oh, your name's Jeremy. Uh, do you love that Pearl Jam song, Jeremy?" And I was like, <laughs> "I do love that song." Every fucking person, I grew to hate that song because everyone I would meet would ask me for like a certain time frame when that song was relevant still, I guess. Everyone would be like, don't you love that song? Am I the first person to ask you that? And it's like, no, you're not. Everyone asks me that. And I get Brandy, you're a fine girl, which Mm. I honestly didn't know for a very long time. So when people would ask, I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, But now I know, I, I think I couldn't sing it, but I am a fine girl. So. Mm-hmm. And I am King Jeremy the Wicked, so, you know. Yeah, it all. <laughs> so, like, self-fulfilling prophecies. It all works y'all. out. So, very glad to be here with you once again, as always. It is always, a delight. Always, always, So nice. And I know the last episode we talked about bots who write scripts. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had, like, seen something recently. So, there's a, a, a YouTube channel called netflix sucks or netflix is dead or something like that mm-hmm. and they have created so far i've seen three where they have a bot create a script and then they do like really cheapo video gamey graphics and voiceovers over it and there is a horror movie one which is new and i sent it to you and i have watched it like 10 times i think it is so fucking funny it's great 
It's just like the way like the graphics are like like you know they paid some like 13 year old to do them <laughs> yep and the voiceovers and stuff oh my god it is so funny there's a romantic comedy one as well that's really funny and then there's a stoner comedy one which maybe if i was stoned i would think is funny there's some funny elements and it had uh one of the voices in there doing it was uh i know him as epic voice guy uh and i cannot remember the actor's name but now he's like a uh pretty he's on tv a lot voice actor uh he does the honest trailers if you've seen those from oh, screen yeah. junkies yeah i cannot remember his name but i recognized his voice immediately i was like oh there he is that's awesome that is so fun so please go check it out it is amazing a horror movie written by a bot i don't remember the exact name but you can search by that and it is fucking hysterical and i uh, love it. The, the whale is an underwater detective or that's whatever. i watched <laughs> it with joe and joe's like what is the whale supposed to be i'm like i guess like jaws like i don't know like they pull these elements and so many of them you're like oh of course that's from saw oh okay yep. like that's from i know what you did last summer like there are these things that you definitely know but then there's some just bizarro things and you're like huh? mm -hmm. Ooh, amazing so we have a lot of teragrams so i think we should dive into them yeah let's get the teragrams out of the way who's i have two so i'm gonna start and then you, you start. can read yours and then we'll come back to me oh my god hi pussy there's a pussy right in my face that's uh, really you... early in the morning for that yes man <laughs> It's so funny. My cats want nothing to do with me, yet whenever we podcast, your cats are all over you. And it, it, we can always... Uh, uh, moments before podcasting, I'm just sitting there, and they're all sitting chill. And then it's as soon as I'm on like a computer, they're all like, what are you doing? You're not paying attention to us. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. I, I do occasionally have to cut out like cat fights, mm -hmm. Jeremy like talking to them, screaming at them, telling them to stop what they're doing. Sometimes I keep it in because it's funny. But lots of times I just cut it out because people wouldn't know what you're doing or it takes like minutes for you to go deal with them. Yes. And it's <laughs> once we're in the new house, once the move is complete, I should have like my own dedicated office, which is going to be great. <laughs> doing this show because then I can close the door and like be away from them. Oh my God, I love it. All right, so the first one is from Teacher Drew in Phoenix. And he writes, hey guys, you are appreciated. As always, I enjoyed your last episode, although I have yet to see Halloween Kills. Well, don't hold your breath. Life gets hectic and we just finished the quarter. Grades were due and we had parent-teacher conferences. I was able to squeeze in one trip to my AMC, but I saw Dune. I also had a little time to unwind at home, so I watched Squid Game. Have you seen it? I'd be curious about your opinions. I'm uncertain if I loved it or hated it. The jury is still out. Also, it might be horror, but an argument could be made for horror adjacent. And then there's that emoji of like the guy like, questioning hmm. like holding his chin the hmm emoji mm -hmm. in a side note my neighbors have quite a sense of whimsy when it comes to halloween decor see the attached picture hope you are all well love to you both teacher drew and phoenix and the picture is like they're all skeletons but it's like a bride skeleton holding the groom skeleton in her arms and then there's like a skeleton sitting off to the side it looks like he's laughing at them it's great and teacher oh. drew you're great. And I actually want to see Dune. I don't know when I'm going to see it. I feel like I should see it on the big screen because it seems yeah. like that kind of a movie. I watched it on HBO Max and forced my wife to watch it. And she didn't get into me. it? Not at all. She's like, I have no clue what's happening. And I'm like, well, she was only half paying attention to it. But also that uh, will do it. Yeah, you really have to because Dune is the book itself. So I read the book in high school. 
Um, and then I feel like I attempted it another time later. Like I need to sit down and really reread the book. It's a very dense book, at least the first one, because it's a whole book series, but the first book's okay. really, really heavy and has a lot going on. It's like Game of Thrones shit before Game of Thrones, you know, because most of the plots about this, the political machinations of these noble houses in space and blah, blah, blah. But boring. It's the character story is what you're, you're there for. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I'm into it. I like Dune. I like the, especially this new movie. Uh, like the book has, the book is psychedelic for sure. Like there are elements of just real out there spirituality and, you know, craziness in there and uh the movies have attempted it you know the david lynch one was i i like it for its like goofy cult sensibility there was like a tv mini series the sci-fi channel did trying to adapt it that was a good attempt at the story but like you know it was a tv production so it was really low budget and cheesy looking and then this new one the least i can say is the visuals are stunning they did a great job yeah. realizing this universe but it looks like that i watched a david lynch one and it was horrible I the didn't. david lynch Oof. movie like this one is a little better but like the david lynch movie is incomprehensible if you've never read the book like you have to have read the book to even get where they're going and this movie is a little better than that but still there's points where i'm just like why oh, gets what ha- what is happening because i'm familiar with this like i know what's unsaid and what's left out because of the book and that helps you enjoy it a little more i think because it's it's very dense material and have you watched squid game not yet i just the other day said to sarah i think we're gonna have to watch squid game just because i i want to get all the jokes on the internet (laughs) because there's a ton of memes out there that i'm like i vaguely know what this is about but i should really watch this thing because everyone's raving about it yeah and i'm surprised it has i because i haven't watched it either i think it's like a holiday break binge session that you would do in like a day yeah for us at least and i'm just surprised because i mean it sounds very much like i've heard it compared to battle royale and yeah, i love battle royale oh i so. do too so much i've only seen the first one but i'm just surprised because it seems like from what i understand it's gory and you know sort of like yeah that saw sort of like the, the games where you'll die if you lose yeah and it just like i'm it has certainly taken off in the world and everyone's watching it so yeah i could be because i'm also you know the hunger games movies are a guilty pleasure of mine so it's like okay. you know I'm, I'm down for that scenario i'm yeah. about that kind of thing so yeah but it looks it, like a lot of fun so i can't wait to check it out well thanks teacher drew yes thanks teacher drew you are amazing and we appreciate you all right well you read the next one all right <sighs> Another elite friend of the podcast, Ethan. Ethan. Written into us, uh, and subject line is happy belated 50th episode. Hey guys, sorry for the delay, but I wanted to congratulate you guys on 50 plus episodes. Woo! Yeah, that was all in caps, so I had to do it right. Now to the business end. I cannot believe Jeremy had not seen Terrifier yet. I absolutely love this movie. My wife, Casey, fucking hates it. Part of it is the crazy gore, but mostly it's Art the Clown. She absolutely hates everything about him. The look, the sounds, everything. I think it's great. So I try to remind her every time he graces our TV. (laughs) Uh, I was wondering, after so many episodes, which one has been your favorite? Be it the films covered, guests had, or the banter throughout the episode. Hope you guys are well, and here's to 50 more episodes. You know what is so sweet about that? 
is like, I mean, I know we've talked about Ethan getting married, but like so many people be like, I'm so sorry. I haven't written it. I was really busy getting married. And Ethan just didn't do that at all. And I, 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 I appreciate that. So Ethan, yeah. you're amazing. And I know, I hope everything was beautiful with your wedding. It looks Absolutely. like Absolutely. You sound, you sound happy too, Ethan, which is like, I hate when people treat it like I'm so busy because I'm married now. They treat it like a burden and it's yeah. like, yeah, it shouldn't be if you're. <laughs> If, if you're happy it like it's be. gonna be at some point but it should be more often than not making your life better and easier that is yeah. to me yes. what marriage should be that's exactly what i learned too that's how it should be yeah i mean ideally you're like spending the rest of your life with your best friend like that also is a thing but again everyone can do your own thing and i'm not judging you and you should just do what makes you happy but that's the whole point to me is you should be happy I just think it's cute, Ethan. That's what I'm trying to say. It is so cute. Ethan is so fucking cute. And I'm just so glad he has found his soulmate in life. And that they that he is married to someone very much like we are as well, who I don't know about. At least she hates Art the Clown. But it sounds like it's probably a similar relationship. Like maybe she doesn't get into this stuff as much as we all do. <laughs> Especially this, yeah, this hardcore stuff that we're oh, yeah. about. Because like definitely... Even... Yeah, can you imagine having either of our partners watching Terrifier? Oh my God, Sarah would be like, this is disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I thought too. I was like, a great description of Terrifier, I thought after the fact last episode was like, this is the kind of movie my parents didn't want me watching when, <laughs> when I was discovering horror movies. That's I was like, that's, yep, no redeeming social value. But like where it, I, I do think Sars, Skarsgård, whichever one it is i think he does great in just bill. like bill bill skarsgård yeah like when he just uses his natural thing like he does some really creepy and creative things but i truly think art the clown is the scariest clown he's on another level like he just like that smile and those teeth and his nose and just I just find him beyond creepy. So if you want a creepy clown and you haven't watched it, you must. Yeah, absolutely. So to Ethan's question, I my first thought is I have thoroughly loved all of our guests. And mm -hmm. no Tino shade to anyone else, but like having Nick the Knife on was like probably my favorite episode. Also, like watching Possession blew my mind. So Mm -hmm. I, I, that was like definitely I think like my favorite time but I've loved all of them I've had a great time with all of them and that is always just fun to have that sort of mix it up and to get someone else to come in and say hey you two watch these movies like that that is a lot of fun and I, I want to keep that up yeah absolutely I agree I, and I was going to say the same thing I love all the guest episodes but specifically when we had Nick on uh, and because of the movie Possession, I think, because that was such a mind. Because I keep thinking about it, too. Like, I feel like I rated it. I think I gave it four stars. And now, like, I'm like, I think that was a better movie than that, actually, because it keeps popping up in my mind. I guess it's an anniversary for it this year, too, because oh. I keep seeing screen like a maybe a 40th anniversary or something like that. But I keep seeing screenings popping up online where they're like anniversary screening of Possession. So I'm like, I got to see this again. I have to watch it again at some point. And then, you know, at the end of the year, I know we'll do like our top three and bottom three. And so mm -hmm. like, I don't want to talk too much about like individual movies. movies because that's where I would go to. And I don't remember in particular, even though I probably 
an entirety listen to our episodes like two or three times with editing, and then I always listen to it afterwards because I'm weird like that. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like there's none that necessarily stand out as far as like our banter was particularly great that day or anything like that. Like I always feel good about our mm-hmm. about everything how, how we interact and everything and so yeah I mean, there's some days where it is just like flying off the handle but like none of those in particular are like greater than any others see i um if i had to zero in on a couple others though i think um i think our 50th uh will hold oh, a yeah. special that place in my heart our big uh crossover episode with detroit For strange sure. like that was particularly fun um, I'll, I'm going to shout out the very first episode just for jumping in there and doing it. That was yeah. like always going to be memorable. Episode one. Uh, and both and, such good movies, Housebound and Return of the Living Dead were so Yeah, good. what a great way to start. And even episode two, where we did From Beyond and Hereditary, another like out the gate. I think we were just doing some heavy hitters. Uh, and uh, finally he was talking about banter and i feel like our back-to-back episodes with ghoulies and ghoulies too uh i don't know what it was but i do feel like our banter was particularly fun uh, especially talking about the ghoulies movies i came off of those feeling particularly giddy after we were done recording those sessions so yeah I, they were those, fun. I, I think those were a blast and you know anyone out there i mean we're we're all in this so if you're listening i would love to know I mean, not to like jerk me off or anything, but like I would love to know what ones you might have found particularly yeah. interesting, poignant, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just something that we can we can go on some customer service feedback, like so we can listen to what we did there and maybe continue to do it. Yep. Have we changed her life? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know that for the most part we're we're talking to ourselves. That's the thing. Like there are certain podcasts that I feel like they do. Or they're like, oh my god, like everyone's listening to us and blah blah. And I here I just feel very much like like we're having these conversations. And if anyone out there is listening and also finding it interesting, awesome, great, glad to have you along for the ride. And I think that's what what it's all about. Sometimes I forget this thing's going out into the world, you know, because we're so <laughs> we're so conversational with each other uh, that uh, like I see a friend or somebody that will listen to the show in real life and they'll make a comment and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot like other people can hear like part of this. So um, oh, yes, they yes. will. Yeah, they'll hear it. Big brother is listening. <laughs> Always. Well, we have one last one. It is from Nyak the Knife. Oh, wow. And he said, just listen to the new episode. This was last week's episode. Or, sure. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Halloween episode. Just okay. listen to the new app. I love when you guys hate a movie. Laughing emoji. With tears. I had no desire to see Halloween, and now I'm glad I don't have to. All month long, I've been binge-watching horror movies I've never seen before and found a couple cool ones. I was curious if you've seen The House by the Cemetery or In Fabric. In a sea of mediocrity, I found them both to be a breath of fresh air. And I find that sentence to be a breath of fresh air. That's some so good writing. Well, that is Nyak the Knife. Wow. Um, I... The House by the Cemetery is one of those Italians, right? Yeah, it's a Fulci movie. I feel like I've seen... Is there like a hole in the floor? Yes, there is. Okay, I've seen like a chunk of it. I just don't get into those movies very much for whatever reason. I've seen House by the Cemetery at least once before. 
I think I've only watched it all the way through once and I don't remember it very well because it was like years ago. I remember bits and pieces of it, but like a lot of Fulci work and a lot of Italian work, it's not very uh, focused on creating a coherent plot from what I remember. Like it's more leaning into the dreamlike, you know, like, mm-hmm. like what Argento does a lot where it's like dream logic is dictating what's happening in this movie. Yeah. Where you're like, why is there a hole in the floor? Why is there a zombie man down there? Like, I guess mm-hmm. there's vague explanations of these things in the plot, but a lot of it is just crazy and weird. Um, and it's bad set, dubbing. Yeah, bad dubbing. It's set in like New England, yet you're like clearly in Italy somewhere or whatever, you know, those kinds of things are like, these are clearly Italian customs going on. You're like, this is not America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's fun. No, House by the Cemetery, I do feel like it, it's it's part of that uh Maybe not the top tier of Fulci's canon, but definitely like a runner up to like, you know, his most okay. memorable work, I think, because dude made a lot of movies. So and we talked about it in regards to some movie, like some movie was inspired by it or something like that, that we did. It, we are still here. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, that's it. You're, that's it. Yeah. That oh, was 100%. Heavily. All right. That was it. So, yeah. House by the Cemetery. Um, I remember like I, I love the imagery of it it's one of those movies where it's like the images are what stick in my mind i can't really remember the plot at all but i remember a few of the scenes and it's like that's what sticks out and that's kind of what i love about fulci movies is you get some goofy monster effects a lot of the time and a cool like shocking violence so that's what i remember from it um the other one i've never heard of it's about a haunted dress and I really want to see it. I've heard good things about it. Oh, is it newer or is it? An yeah, it movie? came out like in the last like three or four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. The poster definitely. is gorgeous. And yeah, I've, I don't know, 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's an A24 movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely going to need to check that out then. Yeah. Because A24 does some uh, bold stuff. Yeah. And I'm I really want to check it out. So yeah. So thanks, Nick. And I would love to know more that you watched. Like, I can't believe you only told us two things. But I guess he said that those were the ones that really stood out. So, yeah, I remember not that long ago, I was over at his place and we were watching some awful Hellraiser sequel. I think it was like the most recent one they made. Judgment. The Hellraiser Judgment. Yeah, fucking terrible. I bet. I won't. No, don't. Don't. These are the ones that are like, they're, why are they? I, I think these are like being made so that whoever can hold on to the film rights until they finally made the, you know, the remake we're getting, the reboot we're getting soon. So, yeah. And apparently David Gordon Green's TV series is still a go. Yeah. They're like happening simultaneously. Happening yeah, which is simultaneously, which is good weird. for Clive Barker's bank account. But yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what it does to the continuity. Yeah. So thank you all so much for writing in. It's so nice when we get a plethora of, I don't know, I was mm-hmm. trying to find some alliteration there, but a plethora of penmanship. <laughs> <laughs> but please write to us if you'd like. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com or slide into our Insta DMs. Do it. So yeah, that's the terrograms. You, uh, have you been watching anything? You know, I tried to watch 13 Fanboy that we talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah. It was really fun to see my friend Brian in it, Mm -hmm. but it was God awful. Mm -hmm. Just one of those super, super low budget movies. That's just like, like, it's just hard to watch. It's like, yeah, they can go either way. Sometimes they're like, wow, this is a surprising like gem. 
yeah. or, or they are just like, yep, this is, I can tell why no money was put into this because this guy couldn't find anyone to invest in it. And you know, the Friday the 13th franchise is not something that I can like, aside from Adrian Steele, anyway, Adrian King and Amy Steele, like, and Betsy Palmer, like those three, I can like, and Corey Feldman. Okay. So like those four, I can like point out in a line, right. And be like that. I know who that is. And that is, and that is, but like all the rest of them, I, I really don't know. Like mm -hmm. I've seen those movies like once or twice, except for part one and part two. So lots of them are like from the later sequels. Cause there's a lot of them in it. and Kane Hodder's in it. And I can point him out as well, of course, too. Yeah. But like, I, I just don't, ha maybe if you're like a really big Friday the 13th fan, you'll kind of get into it, but uh, yeah. And it just felt so long. Like I finally like was paused it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm only 30 minutes into this. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so it was not crazy about that, but um, I, I might try to finish it just to see. Cause my friend Brian like kind of came across like the creeper and I don't know if he is the killer. So mm. I, I may have to find out. There you go. And then the other thing that I forgot started until this week was the third season of Eli Roth's History of Horror. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Been playing. I love. I got to so, watch that whole thing. I got to sit down and watch that whole series. You haven't watched any of them? I've seen parts of like a few of them. It's just so fun. I love it. Love it. Love it. And the, so the three that I've watched so far are sequels that don't suck, which made me want to watch Gremlins 2 again, because it goes mm -hmm. into that and talks about how it was trying to do all of these great things. And that's what it does. And I'm like, oh, God, I just remember it not being great. But oh, I've, I've always loved Gremlins 2, but you so, know, I saw it yeah. as a kid. So the nostalgia has hung on there. But apparently everybody's telling me I was correct. It's awesome. Yeah. So I really want to rewatch that. Well, mm -hmm. we rewatched Gremlins one last year, so I think maybe that would be a good holiday thing to do this year. And then the second one was Infections, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's like Wreck and some shit like that. And then the third one was Psychics, and I was so glad because Scanners was on there. Mm. <laughs> and The Fury, which I know I touched on before, and I wasn't sure if I'd seen it, and I definitely haven't. Like, they started showing one scene. I'm like, oh, I've not seen this. So, like, I, I fast-forwarded through a couple mm -hmm. where I'm like, oh, I've not seen this, and I, I want to see it. Also, The Dead Zone, which I've also not seen. Oh, okay. Dead Zone rocks. Yeah, and that's also Cronenberg. Like, I'm like, yep. Cronenberg, you're everywhere. Yep. He's got a lot of movies that, like, you think of the heavy hitters, and then you're like, oh, wait, there's a few more that I forgot are him. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Yep. Absolutely. So that's all I've watched. And there are more episodes of History of Horror, but for whatever reason, the two newer ones aren't on my little site yet. So the other ones to come out this season are Apocalyptic Horror, Holiday Horror, and Mad Scientists, which I imagine from beyond will be on there. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. So what about you? What has been on your viewing oh, radar? Let's see. What have I gotten in? recently um i did watch a couple lon cheney uh lon cheney jr mummy movies because he okay. played he played the mummy in later universal sequels <laughs> the mummy uh and those are all pretty they uh, for some reason one of them i'm like i don't think i've seen this one and then i watched it and i'm like i have seen this one because they get pretty repetitive where the mummy just keeps coming back and killing people. And there's how like, he seems so slow. And like, what does he do to kill people? Does he strangle them? Yeah. He just sneaks up on them and brute forces them to death. I feel like the mummy, if you go back and watch like the universal mummy, the mummy sequels, mind you too. Uh, 
which are like the mummy's ghost, the mummy's curse, the mummy's tomb, like always something different. But when you watch those, those are like a prototype for slasher movies almost because the mummy is usually sneaking around under cover of dark and silent killer Michaels Myers like coming up on people unawares. So, you know, and those are all like, okay, they're cheesy fun if you like the universal, the old stuff. Um, I also gave a yet another rewatch of Mandy, Mm. uh, which every time I watch it, I love that movie more. I think I just bumped it up to five stars on Letterboxd because I'm like, I grow to appreciate it every time I rewatch it. I'm like, it's just such a genius movie. Like it's so bizarre, but so well done for what it's trying to do for uh, what's his name? Panis Cosmatos, the director, writer and director. Yeah. He's got, he's got a vision. Yeah, it is so good. And I hope our friends over at Detroit strange watch it at some point because it is just so good. And if you haven't listened to them, you should check them out because they're amazing. Uh... Yes. And finally, I had started. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, one more. I finished up last night the newest season of What We Do in the Shadows, season three. How was uh, that? Which, which was fantastic. I think it stays a quality show and they renewed it for another season. So can't wait till season four comes out. We tried to watch it mainly because we were watching Beanie Feldstein in the first like few I don't know if yeah. she's in like four or something. Yeah. And I love the the woman, the woman vampire. I love her. Mm-hmm. And I loved the movie. Granted, I was like really stoned when I watched it. But mm-hmm. it was like, seemed like my sort of sense of humor, even though I'm not big into like vampires. But like, I thought it was very clever and funny. And I love, you know, the Christopher Guest movies. And it had that sort of a vibe. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, like, we just were like, yeah. Oh man, the the show just it keeps going and going, and I enjoy it more and more as we continue. It's becoming more. It's one of those shows that's becoming deeply self-referential. Okay. So yeah, they just keep calling back and bringing back characters and doing knowing winks and nods to past episodes. So I like the universe they're building. That's fun. Um, and then finally, right before we started recording, I had started watching this flick. Um, Mind you, of course, when we started this, it's not yet Halloween. Tomorrow is Halloween. Uh, I was watching WNUF Halloween special. Have you heard of this? No, it sounds horrible. I'm already going to say it's, is it's it a bizarre. wrestling thing where they no, wear costumes. Not at all. It is this weird indie movie where this guy recreated like a live television broadcast on Halloween where it's done as a it looks it's made to look like it's on a VHS tape that you recorded because sometimes there's like fast forwarding <laughs> through chunks. Okay. Uh, and, it, and it's like WNUF local news. And it's got fake news anchors on Halloween giving you like news about, they do stories like this church group thinks Halloween is satanic and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and there's fake commercials that feel like real commercials in the eighties for like local stores and stuff like that. And it, it leads into a news team going to a supposedly haunted house to do a special doing a seance at this haunted house. Is it older? Is it like from like the eighties? No, no. It's oh. uh, let me find the year. Cause from. I watched a British one. That's Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yep. And it was not great. Uh, this is from 2013. It came out. Okay. This one. But yeah, it's like, I can't say it's like a good movie. It's a fun experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it definitely is making me feel like, yeah, this is what I remember TV being like as a child. That's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of fun to experience that. So. 
cool. Yeah, yeah. It sounds kind of fun. It just sounded like one of those like wrestling acronym sort of. Oh titles. yeah, 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 yep, yep. No, WNUF is. It sounds like one of. Um, I'm trying to remember what was it like WWJBD or whatever yeah. like local. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what the Detroit one is, but. Well, that's fun. Those are some good ones. Mm-hmm. And are you going to do anything today, tomorrow? Are you dressing up? No, uh, actually, it's funny. Last night I went to a little party. Uh, my brother went to with his uh, some of his coworkers through a little Halloween get together. So he was at that, and I stopped in there. Okay. Um, but all of my costume stuff is packed because <laughs> we're yeah. moving. So I just dressed up as Sasquatch Slim. Oh, yep. And so. you, because you often have a Halloween party. I've been to a couple at your house. Yeah, yeah, we did. So maybe next year at the new yeah. house, we might have something. My brother though was dressed up as Ernest. Nice. And oh I need to double ch- check with him for a picture. I forgot to get one. And yes. I was like, damn it, Brandy Joe would love that. I continuously say, you know what I mean, Vern? No, I mean, Vern. Yep. And people are like, why do you call me Vern? Yeah. But then sometimes I mix it up with Joe and I say, you know what I mean, Fern? <laughs> <laughs> and I just mix it up. Yeah, my brother was walking around like a troll hunter numero uno. <laughs> That's fun. I think I'm going to go to a Halloween party tonight after the show, and I'm going to be a Care Bear. Because I wore that one other time to another Halloween party that was, like, weird because I didn't really know many people there. And I was sober, and everyone else was drinking. And, like, I had energy drinks, but, like, not knowing. Or, like, mm-hmm. the people I did know were, like, hosting the party and so they were very busy being hosts and i just i just like was a little out of my comfort zone and it was miserable and it made me kind of depressed so tonight i'm going to a halloween party where i know lots of people and um and it's also two years since that last time i mean i feel very comfortable now being in situations i mean be one thing if i was in a room with like where everyone was like smoking pot like i think that i'd choose not to be there but like drinking is not an issue as long as i have something in my hand like you know like a like a a drink not like you know a gun or something yeah yeah (laughs) in case you were wondering 45 he's gonna go miss 45 on this halloween party (laughs) Uh, so I'm excited for it. And, you know, I probably, even though I'll be drinking energy drinks, I'll probably be all wore out by like, you know, midnight, yeah. one o'clock and hoping no, to, to get food somewhere and everywhere because everywhere's short staffed, everywhere's going to be closed. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I find, though, too, like getting older, like as well, the it used to be like parties were about getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Now they're not so much like at least with my, you know, the groups I run with where I'm like, people might drink, but it's like not binge drinking, you know? It's, yeah. So you're like, okay, it's not as bad to be here. Cause it's the point is not just to gather, not to go yeah. crazy. So I like measing into that. I like being old and not destroying myself. So <laughs> it is. They're, they're good things. Yep. Well, shall we get to our shares? Let's get to it. All right. I start this week, and I was talking to a coworker who said, like, some of his favorite movies are, like, Train to Busan, The Wailing, I Saw the Devil. And I was like, oh. And he's like, I really love foreign horror. And mm. I thought, oh, well, have you watched any Indonesian horror? Because, as you know, I was on a kick this past year. And he was like, oh, my God, no. So I told him all the ones to watch. And then I was like, yeah, I think that's where we got to go this week so cool while a couple of those ones i just listed are on the list to give you i'm not going that route i want 
to give you an Indonesian horror film. Ooh. And there's three really good ones, but I think let's start with the one that for me started it all, which is Empedagor. Cool. What do you know of it? Nothing other than what you said. It's Indonesian. And I know it was like critically acclaimed when it came out. Um, and if I have to go out on a limb, what little I know about Indonesian horror, because I've there's another one out there is Satan's slave. Is that Indonesian? I think. Yeah. And I know, yeah. yeah, that's like, there's an old one from the eighties and then they remade it and both are considered really good. There's a flick from the eighties called mystics and Bali, uh, which is an Indonesian uh, horror movie. But from what I know, like my little experience with Indonesian horror is they're into like, whether it's satanic, you want to call it, or like, you know, like possession stories and mystic creatures demons witches that kind of stuff i know that's big for them um so i'm gonna assume impedagor has got something to do with either there's a demon on the loose or somebody is possessed demonically and up to no good uh but that's what i'm assuming it's about some some real satanic nefarious spiritual evil going on and people got to stop it they got to <laughs> exercise somebody and hilarity ensues people got to exercise yeah actually start exercising and you got to get rid of the demons that's what i think it's about pretty simple cool cool so we just did cronenberg last week uh we did. We did. and i want to i'm going to visit another horror icon from of the same generation that I feel like he necessarily doesn't get talked about as much as Cronenberg uh, or Carpenter or uh, Joe Dante even. And we're going with Brian De Palma and I am giving you the movie Sisters. Oh, great. Cause I have yeah. seen bits and pieces and I know Margot Kidder, I think is that? I think that's her. That, that's her that's her name you got it okay <laughs> said her name correct <laughs> i know it's like an apartment building and i know that there's like a girl and i think she was like a conjoined twin and the conjoined twin maybe like hides out in the park it's like a less schmaltz uh, schmaltzy may not be the right word a less fun basket case <laughs> but like i think like her sister's there and her sister like kills people i feel like there's like a rear window kind of vibe to it there's also like when i think of sisters I think of a scene from Terror in the Isles where there's it's in black and white and there's like a doctor who like holds up it looks like a meat cleaver and he's gonna like chop two people in half and like from what I remember seeing of Sisters I don't remember that scene but like it's gotta be from Sisters so but yeah and I feel like Margot Kidder's like you know trying to keep her sister who's maybe like the less successful maybe because of the operation she can't she's not as mobile or whatever so she kind of hides her away or maybe she's just like evil so she kind of tucks her way in the back and and you know there's some guy who kind of falls in love with margot kidder but then it gets a little confused with the other sister and then that sister starts killing people and so margot kidder has to cover it up i think that's what it's about and yeah i'm excited i was just saying there's another brian de palma movie oh the fury is him right yep the fury so, is him i was like i gotta watch that i know um, de palma seems like it, people kind of forget i mean you know everyone remembers he did carry but it's like people kind of and forget like to kill. yeah and dress to kill but it's like yeah he spent years as a horror guy like exclusively and then switched over to these you know gangster yep. movies and dramas and stuff when is he gonna go back to that because he hasn't has he i don't it's think like he snake ever... eyes i feel was like when he really stepped away from it 
Yeah, I don't think he has ever gone back. Other than, he, oh, he did that. I think the closest he got back to horror was like true crime. He did that Black Dahlia about the, oh, uh, the, God. the and that was not a good movie. So, so bad. Yeah. So I forgot that he did that. Okay. Yeah. It looks like there was a little bit of a like over because I would consider the movie like blowout. Yeah. A uh, like horror adjacent. Yeah, it's very dressed to kill, just a little less slashery. Yep, and then he does Scarface, and that's where he starts to move into, yep, and then he does Body Double, which was another one I would consider kind of horror adjacent. But then from there, he's just firmly moved over to drama. I've never seen Body Double, but that poster reminds me of the video stores when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, yep, that. And Body Double always makes me think of the book American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis because it's referenced a lot by patrick bateman in the book as like his favorite movie because there's like a certain scene in it so okay yep but anyway yeah we got we got indonesia and we got brian de palma so yeah but let's do this all right here we go don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative We're back. I don't think I, I was like, do I have to introduce this? And like, no, this is not the top of the show. This is the middle of the fucking show, Jeremy. It's the middle place. Yeah. I'm sorry. My brain is addled. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew right now. So. Oh, do you drink just like regular Mountain Dew? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my go. That's my go-to. It's like liquid gold. Did you ever have Baja Blast or whatever? From oh my Taco God, Bell? I love Baja Blast. That's like, if I get Taco Bell, you got to have Baja Blast. It's only sold there? No, it's at stores now. They bought oh. it. You can oh, okay. buy it. I didn't think, I thought that someone told me that. I've never had it. It used to be exclusive to Taco Bell. In fact, uh, the other day, Sarah brought home Taco Bell as a treat, a surprise to me. And she brought me a Baja Blast because she's like, I looked for the drink that was the most unnatural color, like looking. So I knew you would love that. And I was like, yes. So, yep. It all worked out. Nice. Uh, yeah, my husband loves Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, I'll drink it in a pinch. I also am fond of the Code Red because I loves me some cherry flavor. Anything really. Sounds so, so sweet. It makes my mouth water, not in a good way. <laughs> anyway, we're supposed to talk about some movies, not just Mountain Dew. I guess. All right. <laughs> so I go first this week, and we're doing Impetigore. Just kidding. It's Impetigore. <laughs> and I, like Impet- I thought I was going to be like, am I saying it wrong? <laughs> the tagline is, family can get under your skin. <laughs> a woman inherits a house in her ancestral village, but she's unaware that members of the community have been trying to locate and kill her to remove the curse that has plagued them for years. That's not entirely true. That's a broad strokes. She doesn't inherit the house, though. She just like oh, yeah, learns that her family's like from right. there. She she learns she her family. She learns her family like abandoned the house. Yeah, essentially, it's different. Yeah, it's different. All right, what do you think of this film? Okay, this was a pretty cool movie, I gotta say. Like, uh, when I started watching it, the the opening sequence, I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh my god, like, it is so good, that opening. Yeah, the opening's incredible. I'm like, what uh, the fuck is happening? When the dude comes to 
you don't know what he's going to do. And then he tries to like cut her up and you're like, well, this is nuts. And they're um, so funny. Those girls are so funny. And it's, 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 uh, man, it, it's just incredible how like uh, people are the same everywhere. That's kind of, you know, this is a Indonesian movie, but it like, uh, same kind of shit that people would talk about in an American movie, you know, anywhere. So it's like, it's what I always say. People are the same all over. Slinging machetes. Yeah. They're you know, just the same. They're the same. The horror movie. Yeah. No, this, this flick was a lot of fun. It, this reminded me deeply. Uh, like if you like Midsummer, I feel like you're going to like this movie. Like this hmm. is a folk horror um, but kind of like, I don't know, it was folk horror with like a taste of Texas Chainsaw Massacre thrown in there. Like, especially the end, especially the ending, there was straight up just homage to Texas straight Chainsaw, up. which was awesome. So, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking watching this thing. I'm like, it's like if you mashed a folk horror in the vein of like what Ari Aster's, not even folk horror, like I felt like Hereditary and Midsummer, that kind of thing, mashed with like a Texas Chainsaw hills have eyes kind of like in the wrong place with the wrong people situation um cool shit yeah it uh it gets a little heavy towards the end in regards to like flashback territory is a little like oh my god <laughs> like we're yeah. still going but like i feel like maybe that's a cultural thing i, I don't know it, it just it leans a little heavy into that and i'm like it'd be more fun to like give us clues along the way and let us sort of figure some of this out as opposed to just being like, here, open your mouth and I'm going to feed it to you, baby. <laughs> I, <laughs> you little, little skinless baby. Oh, God. <laughs> I found it fascinating, too, where I'm like, is that a cultural thing as well? Is It didn't happen just once. It happened a couple of times where to stop like an assailant or a crazy situation, somebody was like, if you don't go away, I'll fucking kill myself. And I'm like, wow, I've never seen that as a threat to like de-escalate a situation in like an American movie that I can think of. Uh, But here they're like, oh, I'll kill myself and I'll haunt you forever as a ghost. And then they're like, (laughs) oh, 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 no. And then that stops the guys from like attacking. And I'm like, huh. Does that work? Yeah, there and there's just like some really genuinely like creepy scenes and and scary scenes. Like the whole scene with her friend. I mean, first of all, her friend is so great. She's mm-hmm. so funny. So like they're just so sweet together and you just love them both. And I mean, I don't know. I guess like in any sort of other like Americanized movie, I'd be like, oh, the friend's going to die. And here, I didn't necessarily like think that mm-hmm. like right away, but then of course she does. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that gets... scene is so horrible. But like, yes. you just, it's not like a surprise. Like, you, you see it coming from a mile away, but you're just like, oh no. Like, it doesn't try to like hide it, conceal it. Like, you know, from the time those guys show up at the door, like, you're like, oh shit. As soon as she yep, says, she's... like, she's like the wrong, the wrong person. Yeah. It's like, like don't say you're the person. What are you no. doing? No, stupid choice. Have you never seen one of these kind of movies? I'm going to talk spoileries now. Do yep. But this movie's not super easy to find. Like, you kind of have to have Shudder. Like, it's not on my little streaming site. It's not, oh, yeah. like, lots of places. It's, like, on Shudder. That's a, a Shudder ex- original. or Shudder exclusive, people. Yeah. But, like, all of these good Indonesian movies are on there. This is the one that started it all for me because mm-hmm. I heard about it because it was Indonesia's 
submission for the Oscars for best foreign film. Oh yes. What it didn't, you know, end up making the, the cut if you will. Yeah. But that's how I really heard about it was like, <laughs> Oh, and I guess this director has like, like a whole, like he has, he did do Satan slaves, which we sort of talked about, but he's done a, like a wide variety of films. He's not just like a horror guy. Okay. But that's how I heard about it. But man, it is just, it's so slick and like well-made and clever. Yeah. And the Academy, they hate horror movies. So, you know, it's very rarely does anything like really horror related or adjacent make it in there anyway. So, yeah, very rare, very rare. But yeah, no, one thing I did like too with these kind of, with non-American movies, I feel it's probably because I'm sure these actors are famous in Indonesia, but I don't know who they are. So to me, they be, this becomes a very lived in and very real and genuine feeling world. So it's easier to maintain that like suspension of disbelief. Cause I'm not looking at like, you know, uh, I'm not looking at like Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox where I like right. know exactly who they are. And it's like, uh, it's all make believe and they're going to make it out just fine. Like this feels more real because I don't exist. I don't know these people outside of the role that they're playing. So. And I love, love, love that like third young female that comes along in the picture. Mm -hmm. who like saves her like briefly because so many times even this time having watched it before i couldn't quite remember how all of that went down and you're just like it just feels like it's gonna go in the trope way that american movies would go so far where she finds out about the husband by accident or something like what happened to him she when they're out getting hunted by the mob she'd be like she's over here that she'd turn her in or mm -hmm. that she'd get killed, and like none of that happens. She yeah, still I thought... supports her. She's like, a, 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 she tries to save. Her. She does save her. Ultimately, she like cuts her down. Mm -hmm. It's just like I, I was just impressed by that, like because it doesn't go any of the ways you kind of imagine it should. No, it doesn't go for any of the cheap, the cheap routes, like mm -hmm. you just said. Of I thought either she was going to turn them into people or something like that, but no, she says. I know that killing you doesn't stop the curse. So there's no point in doing it. And she sticks to that, which is, mm -hmm. you know, wonderful. Uh, like a, a surprising turn in the story that it never changes from there. I also was like, when she tells the story of like, oh yeah, my husband went to the city uh, to look for a cure other than, you know, killing you. And then you find out that was the guy that attacked her. Mm -hmm. But But it's like, he didn't look for a cure, bitch. He went and tried to just kill her. Like you said, it's not going to work to begin with. So I don't know. And there were a couple of things I watched. Um, I watched Spooky Astronaut sometimes. She's this like sweet little red haired British girl who does a ton of horror things. And she has a really great channel. She has lots of fun, fun videos. But in her video, she talked about a couple of things I didn't really think about before. And one of them was that third girl we're talking about. She says something about how she she's not going to kill her because she doesn't believe that that will like make the curse stop but that the curse will just like evolve and turn into like something else and that's kind of like what happens at the end like mm -hmm. once they do sort of solve this part of things it just morphs into yeah baby eating other grandma woman, baby eating grandma <laughs> yeah <laughs> And she also talks about how the little piece of paper in her flesh is like there to protect her from the little girls. 
Mm. Not like the little girls are trying to kill her, but they would haunt her. And once it's put inside of her, she never sees them again until she takes it out of her leg. Mm. And then she starts seeing them everywhere. And I guess I never, like, that was to, like, because the guy in the bus says something about it being, like, a, a spell or something. And I just didn't, mm. like, put that together, that that's what it was doing was sort of keeping the ghost girls away from her mind. But as soon as it came out of her leg, that's when she saw like yeah. the little statue fall down and all that. And it's like, they're oh, all, okay. they're all there. The ghosts, ghosts of plenty from that ghosts point on a plenty, but they were just trying to help. Yeah. They were helpful ghosts. Yeah. 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 And it gets confusing in the flashbacks. So her, her biological dad, wait, the person who she thought was her dad was not her biological dad. No. But her her quote-unquote, like, um, real dad, not her biological dad, but the dad that was married to her mom, mm-hmm. is did indeed kidnap the girls and kill the girls so that she could have skin? Yes, I believe so. It, that all gets a little confusing. I guess, like, the main takeaways when you go into those flashbacks are to know, like, that she really is that guy's daughter and that the yep. grandma... Put the like, curse on her. Put the curse. Yeah, it was the grandma that did that curse because it was an illegitimate child. And what a what a bastard. <laughs> it moves pretty well, though. I feel like the movie yeah. like just chugs along and it's just it's just fun to watch. Yeah, when I started it up, I was kind of like, because um, this week's just been crazy. So like fitting in the time to watch movies, yeah. I was like, I, I started this up. I'm like. Oh, this is kind of long. Oh, crap. I got to get watching this movie. But it moves quickly. So I was hooked and made it through. Yeah. No sweat. Chugs along. And did you read, like, because I was like, what does Empedagore mean? And, like, you look it up. Yes. There's, like, nothing. But you see, like, the literal translation of the original title. Yeah. Woman of the Damned Land. Yeah. And then and then I did read, too, where, because Empedago is a skin disease. Oh, so what the um, the English language title of Impedagore is them being cute and creating a little uh, I believe the word is a is it a portmanteau when you combine two words to make a new word. So, of course, they combine Impedago, a skin disease that affects children, usually uh, with gore. So there you go. And then I read one other thing that said that the title actually translates to Hell Woman. Cool. I like that too. Hell woman. Yeah. That sounds like a Hellraiser spinoff, it which kind of works. Cause this movie's got a little bit of a Clive Barker vibe going on. And it does. I could it, see so. that. Mm-hmm. I also think if this movie was partially informed by Texas chainsaw massacre, some Texas chainsaw massacre sequel needs to borrow from this movie mm. and Leatherface should be making skin puppets. Like oh the my guy God, did. I didn't even put that together. Like when the mom brings out like like the the skin and stuff. The grandma brings up the skin and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just like when you get to the end when she gets on that truck. It's like this is definitely an homage to Texas Chainsaw. Oh yeah. So I want Leatherface making skin puppets like they did in this movie. <laughs> like do it. And also, I feel like that coda at the end should have been the girl who helped her get saved. Like she's the pregnant girl we knew that we were following. Yeah. Like, why did we just some random? Random other place girl. yeah yeah oh also at the end too i i, uh, I just thought it was super cool when she's running uh, out of the village and it's that 
dissonant it's on bells and it's this really dissonant creepy version of ode to joy is playing yes i was and wondering like, what the, i was like i know that song what is that yeah yeah i was like so so cool i know that just throw ode to joy in there it works in so many places yeah why not yeah hell yeah but yeah it, it was fun to watch again i'm gonna keep giving you indonesian horror oh cool it's just so good yeah this if this is a taste of what the rest of it's like then yeah i'm all in yeah i'll be curious to see of the the three that i know of where this lands for you and the other two that i've seen which are satan slaves and queen of black magic are both like weird remakes slash sequels like it seems Mm -hmm. kind of odd depending on how you look at it if they are how they how they are in that regards but this one's like its own thing okay yeah and the only other indonesian movie i've seen like as a horror movie i've seen like i said was uh mystics in bali which is this 80s like psychedelic like late night television psychotronic weird movie that maybe i'll have to give that to you if i can track it down because i remember i had to find it on like weird websites in like college when i watched it like back in the day so i don't know how available it is out there but it's it's a trip okay i'm down cool well out of five skinless babies (laughs) how many do you give in this in Pitagore, it gets a solid four. That's exactly what I was going to give it. And that means... Scare of approval. As it was going along, I was like, you know, I think I gave this four stars before, and I think I'm going to give it four and a half this time. But then you get to that flashback stuff, and it just goes on and on and on. And I'm like, okay. Gets a little draggy. It gets a little end, draggy yeah. and a little like, don't tell me everything. It was doing so good at being so... I don't know. I just Telling you was... just enough. Yeah. Like, I was figuring stuff out on my own. Like, it was giving you just enough, and then it hits you over the head with, like, and here's everything spelled out. Uh, And then it's, like, and then the end of the movie, the climax is just, like, and now we're going to go at, like, a breakneck race to the finish for the climax. And you're, like, (laughs) okay. You could have cut out some of the flashback stuff and, like, gave the climax a little room to breathe. But Totally. Yep. All right. It was a good time. Good time. I like that. I like that. So we're going to move on to... Sisters, directed by Brian De Palma. Uh, And the tagline is, they were joined at birth by the devil and the evil never left them. (laughs) (laughs) And the description is, here we go, it's a mouthful. Inquisitive journalist Grace Collier is horrified when she witnesses her neighbor, fashion model Danielle Breton, violently murder a man, panicking she calls the police. But when the detective arrives at the scene and finds nothing amiss, Grace is forced to take matters into her own hands. Her first move is to recruit private investigator Joseph Larch, who helps her to uncover a secret about Danielle's past that has them both seeing double. Oh. This movie does like, I'm like, how would you concisely describe this movie? It's kind of hard because a lot is fucking happening in this film. Mm-hmm. It definitely is like rear window. That's like the vibe 100% in there, even though I've mm-hmm. only seen rear window once. And it's interesting because, of course, I know Margot Kidder, but I don't know the other female. So when I know like the poster and it has like two women sort of credited, Mm-hmm. Like, I kept thinking the other woman was going to be the other sister, so that was fun. Because, mm-hmm. spoiler alert! Spoilers. 
There's no other sister. Nope. <laughs> She's just nuts so. But like even when she stabs him, they do a really good job where I didn't like totally know it was Margot Kidder. Like I still was thinking it was a secondary sister. Or or yeah, yeah, I remember uh, I think the first time I saw this I was thinking there was like Margot Kidder, Kidder was playing both twins. Like mm. I thought it was twins and she was playing both, but mm -hmm. then no, 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 no. But like when you hear that voice, like I still was thinking there was a second one. And when they searched the house, I'm like, oh, I wonder where they put her. Like, yeah. it's just so weird. Like I just like looking back, I'm like, how did I not know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, how did you not see that coming when they reveal the twist that it's just, oh yeah, she died a long time ago and but now she has a split personality. Then you get to the end and it's so confusing because I'm like, wait, what? So the girl who saw them is the sister? Like it gets confusing for just the way that they like reveal it. Yes. It's very confusing. But then I'm like, oh, okay. She's not really her sister. Like that's just how we're explaining what happened. But it, it makes things very confusing. Oh, yeah, yeah. When she's having the dream sequence or whatever yes. where she's like inserted into the story. But it's like, no, this is just her tripping out because she's now like uh -huh. she's going she's being forced to go crazy at this point because they're drugging her and hypnotizing her. But I thought that I thought that was going to be the twist. Like once we got in there and once we got in that dream sequence, I'm like, oh, she's the sister. And she just thought she she was like brainwashing and thinking she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, ooh, what a good twist. Like, oh, we're, no, we're fine at the end of the movie. She's the other sister. And I'm like, wait, what? Woo, whoosh. And yeah, you're like, like nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, things were what they were. It's just all messed up now. But she was, I mean, Margot Kidder was great too. Like, she's just so different in, like, so many of her roles. Like, yes, she's very good. And I really loved that other gal who played, like, the the reporter. I thought she was so good. Yes, Jennifer Salt. Yes. God, she's good. And Olympia Dukakis. Like, I was like, is that Olympia Dukakis? Yes. Like, the bakery? Like, she was so young. And uh, I want to give a shout out, too, to Charles Durning is his name. He played the private investigator mm. that she hires. Like, what a great little bit character. Like, so super, super New York. Uh, and I love that that plot line is pretty much a red herring for the most part, where you think, like, she's got the investigator. He's going to help solve this murder. And he just kind of disappears because he's tracking down that sofa. Yeah, but then I got so confused. I, I just like the end really confused me, which I suppose is good. Like, I'd rather that than what I just talked about with Empedagore, like being hit over the head with something. Yeah. But like, it gets to the end. I'm like, I don't understand what this means, like this last scene. But it literally just means he's still following this over. <laughs> yeah, and he's up in Canada now. I feel like it can go either way. You can either look at it as like this investigation is going to go nowhere because they can't find a body. Uh, cause now he's just watching the couch, just sitting in the middle of nowhere. Like what's going to happen to it now? Nothing. Um, or there's still hope. Like he's still on the trail and he's going to, you know, finally somebody's going to find out there's a body in there and they'll be able to do something with it. And my mind went to originally like, Oh, he's in on it. Like he was like, I was just so confused, but again, I'd, I'd rather that little bit of like head scratching than like, yeah. Oh my God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, and De Palma's pretty good at that. I feel like these early period like thrillers too from De Palma, like he likes to leave loose threads just to be there for people to discuss. And this is like from 72? 72, yeah. Which so is this so is, early. Like it's yeah, this crazy. Is, what number? I want to look up his filmography. Yeah, I, I think it was his first scary movie. It looked like there were like weird sex comedies before this. Yeah, because I feel like, yeah, he started with just doing work for hire essentially not like 
he wasn't the auteur yet that he would become with these later like thrillers, which I know some people I've read a lot of people are real critical of these earlier movies of his being like, he's just ripping off Hitchcock and these aren't that great on their own. They're just sleazy versions of Hitchcock. But I like that. I'm in. Yeah, it. it feels more homage to me. Yeah, I was gonna say more homage, not so much. Uh, like a ripoff yeah less of a butcher more of like an artiste oh yeah it looks like you're right it's a bunch of like sex comedies or whatever and then this uh and then the next movie he would do right after this is phantom of the paradise so like what a weird god i forget about that movie that that's him that's a fucking crazy movie that's so weird i don't really care for it i know lots of people love it but i know i've only seen it like once and i was like what did i just watch so i feel like i need to revisit it because i know so many people love it but i was just totally like this is weird i don't know why people love it And another thing I really like about this movie is that whole opening sequence with that Peeping Tom show feels so authentic. Yes. It feels a hundred, especially after watching Terrifier last week, where we talk about that opening looking so like hokey and like not real. Like it's this feels real, superimposed. And this just feels like straight up real. And also like what a fucking creepy show. Yes. So they're like pretending she's blind. So this guy's watching and they're like, what's he going to do? Like, is he going to jerk off? Is he going to rape her? Like, it's so weird. Like, it's like, or is he just going to like stare at her uncomfortably for a long time and then go about his own way? And if he does that, guess what? You get to go on a date together now. (laughs) Yeah, it it feels like so perfectly sleazy 70s. Like, it feels (laughs) very real from then. It's like, yep, the 70s were kind of gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. The fact that they kept calling him the colored guy. And I mean, and it was kind of like a plot point. It wasn't like just, oh, God. But still, it was just like, no. It's uncomfortable, but it's like, oh, wow, this movie's self-aware. It wasn't just a dated mm-hmm. movie. It's the fact that the cops start investigating. Right. And then she's like, you don't give a shit because he was black. And it's right. like, oh, it's times... actually a point that it's about race. Yes. Yeah, so you're like, she's calling. Yeah. And times have not changed. <laughs> And it is also weird that the only scene in Tear in the Isles is that black and white of him like lifting up like the the meat cleaver. Mm. Like it's just weird. Like why not show something else from this movie? But I'm I'm I with how many times I've seen it, I could almost guarantee I would have pinpointed any other scene they would have shown. It's just mm-hmm. so weird in a movie with like a thousand little clips that you're just gonna show that. Yeah, that is weird. I also feel like Suspiria, they just show like one clip of like a girl at a door in Suspiria. And it's like in a, a movie like Suspiria, there's like, a lot there's of crazy shit in so there. So much. Like, yeah. how is that that you only show like one tiny little snappy at? Yeah. Bizarre. But, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It like goes some weird places. And it's also just fun seeing what he comes to be known for like those split screens and things like that oh yeah the split screen use was uh, that's so cool good. it's gotta be so, so cool. tricky so yeah tricky. so tricky to edit that but it's like wonderful and it's like why don't they do this more like they, it used to happen split screen used to be a big thing and now directors don't do it as much and it's like what a cool way to use the medium and while it's really like effective and carry i feel like here it's more like oh man that must have been hard to do like in carry mm-hmm. i can see how you could just have done it on two different total takes. I don't think they did, but that's like, like it's easy. And this is what it looks like, like. We're going around corn. Like here it's choreographed in the way that like, this has got to be filmed at the same time. 
Yeah, and you literally feel like you're watching two movies at the same time. We're yes, like, it is wow. so cool. It's so, yeah. so cool. Absolutely. Yeah, so cool. This movie almost, too, uh, it, it's funny that this is so early in his career as a thriller, like horror director, uh, because this movie feels almost Cronenberg-like. Like it feels yes. a lot like an early Cronenberg movie too, where it's it got does. some body horror and it's got a little bit of a science fiction angle. Uh, but he, he kind of doesn't pursue that. And he goes off, you know, where Cronenberg would go to double down on like more body horror, weirder science fiction. De Palma's like, no, nah, I'm going to focus on the thriller aspect of it. Like the human uh, mystery and that stuff. So. And when the guy gets stabbed in the beginning, it's that's a great scene. And like to get stabbed in the face is a horrible. Idea. Oh God, I felt it. The whole thing. Feel, and when she stabs him like right in the inner thigh, like yeah. first she, and they show she it. It's all about that. Yeah, it was like, oh, it made me cringe so bad. It's like that Dawn of the Dead blood though. Yeah, it's really <laughs> bright red. So, you yeah. know, it's like super fake. Like it's like neon red. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is uh, only the... Second time I've watched this movie all the way through too. So I think it was, I liked it a lot the first time. I think it's still held up. Funny enough too, the reason I even sought this movie out to watch it was because I saw or read an interview or maybe it was both. Maybe I read a print interview and also saw him in a, like a video interview. But Bill Hader of SNL fame has talked about this being like a personal favorite uh, movie of his. That is so weird. Yeah, so because he's a giant film like nerd, I think he had done like a thing for the Criterion Collection, who actually released this on Blu-ray. But he had done a thing for them and talked to this That's movie. That's the up. one I watched was the Criterion Collection one. Yeah. Now, have you watched the version from 2006 with Chloe Savini? And no, there is. There's one? a remake. Yeah, with Chloe wow. Savini and Stephen Ray. Is that how you pronounce his name? Maybe. From like interview with the vampire and oh, okay. Vendetta and the crying game. Sure. Yeah. I uh, I didn't even know this was remade. Holy crap. It is. And I heard it was horrible on Letterboxd as a 2.2. Okay. Yeah, I and have only no interest. 41 reviews. Like it's no interest in seeing that. The the very first review on Letterboxd is hilarious. It's all it's like a conversation between two people. So it says, Hi, Brian De Palma. We're thinking of remaking your great film sisters. Oh, you should make it very boring visually and with no humor. You know, the complete opposite of my version. Say no more, fam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, I don't want to see that. Yeah, that does not sound fun. But I remember watching the trailer and being like, oh, I love Chloe Savini. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. Well, here we are. (laughs) We watched the good one. So watch that one, guys. And also don't watch the comedy that's got like Amy Poehler and oh Tina my God, Fey no, in it or something like that. that. Or yeah, if you want to see that, but don't watch that thinking like, oh yeah, sisters. Like that's the wrong, it's <laughs> <laughs> the wrong movie. That's true. That is true. But I do enjoy that film. But yeah, um, out of five birthday cakes. Bloody B-Day cakes. How many do you give it? I'm going to give it three and a half. Nice. Uh, I originally gave this a four on Letterboxd, and I'll stick with my four. All right. Yeah, so that's another... Scare of Approval. Scare of Approval. Double-fisted Scare of Approval, just the way we like it. All holes filled with Scares (laughs) of Approval. With cake, with... 
other things. <laughs> well, that's yeah. awesome. If you've seen these movies, especially if you've seen the Sisters remake, I gotta know how bad it was. Yeah, because I don't want to watch it. But if somebody's seen it, yeah, write into us, please, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we go to, I want to say a little off topic, but. Uh, as we are recording, today is November 3rd, which uh, for the monster fans out there is Godzilla Day. Oh, uh, boy. The day the OG Japanese Godzilla was released in 1954. So, oh. you know, apparently that Toho, the studio, had a big uh, online like streaming presentation of like selling a bunch of exclusive merch and they premiered a new short film. So oh. go check it out online, guys. That's fun. For the big G himself. Big G. But that's it. Uh, yeah. well, write to us. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Yeah, write to us. Uh, uh, whatever you want. Confessions. Your, yeah. Your, your darkest thoughts. Have you killed someone? We'd like to know. Do you have a twin that died and now you have their personality trapped inside of you? <laughs> yes, please let us know. We'd, Share we'd like us. to know. We'd like to know. Scaring and sharing, so share with us. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for listening. Always, always, hail Paymon. Uh, And always, always, evil dies tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We'll keep um, coming back. Keep watching those scaring movies. Because scaring is sharing. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.